Well, welcome once again to a, another edition of Banker with a Beer. Uh, got Jerry Keel today. Sydney is on, on the board. And uh, Scott is still somewhere in St. Louis uh, in search of a, a minor league baseball team. So uh, he'll be back with us uh, a little later in the summer. But today we are enjoying a hot summer day, the first uh, day that we've had that's going to be above 90. Uh, but we're getting our summer off with a sizzling start with a great guest. So today we have Kathy Wright. She's from Country Jam USA. She's going to give us some background of that great music event and some of its history. But as we always lubricate our conversation, we're going to have a great beverage. Yes, so, we are. So the beverage today is going to be Sam Adams Summer Ale. It's citrus white ale. I haven't had this. Uh, Kathy recommended it and apparently they are a sponsor of Country Jam. So uh, I'm thinking it'll be a good mix, but uh, we'll begin though with bringing Kathy on board. So Kathy, a little bit about yourself and how did you get into working in music festivals? Yeah, it's kind of one of my favorite questions because the answer is really just right place, right time, um, or wrong place, wrong time, depending on how you, on how you see it. But uh, I actually have a degree in geriatric social work from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Um, I'm using it zero. And uh, when I was in college obtaining that degree, I met the ownership group of the festival, was out uh, golfing one day at the golf course I worked at, and we got to chatting and they said, hey, you should come work for us. You can meet all the stars. I'm like, well, I don't like country music music and um, how much does it pay because I have tuition and uh, so here we are about 30 years later and uh, I went from you know managing the bars back in 1993 to uh, managing the festival uh, starting in uh, well what would have been 2020 Um, so yeah it's been a long run for me and something that I've enjoyed tremendously but um, I, I spent about a year in social work and realized it wasn't my calling because I had a really good time in the summer when I did these music festivals. So came on board in the late 90s and worked for them for about 15 years. Uh, left for a few years, went over and uh, worked over at WEAU in the sales department. Loved doing that, learned a whole different side of the business. Um, and then decided that I just wanted to do something different and I didn't know what that was. So I resigned my position at the TV station. I was going to take the summer off. And uh, some friends of mine had actually bought Country Jam in that time frame and they said would you come help us and I said sure and then I don't know it just felt good and um, so I decided to stay on and run the festival for them that's excellent what's the uh, clink our glasses and get at this is I'm interested in this one it's delicious it's not bad at all it's not bad at all especially on a, on a kind of a warm day so it is a great hot summer day beer you know it's not overwhelmingly citrus um but it is uh it is a wheat beer which i like and samuel adams also has a cherry wheat that i love in the fall that is fantastic so now it, i i i'm a miss remiss here i should have a lemon with this because that would have been kind, would. would have been kind of nummy but mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there so Let's talk just a little bit about just the mechanics of running a festival. So, so you work for the festival year-round. It's not just those few days in the summer. Uh, give us a, a little bit of a background of kind of how your year plays out in terms of setting this up so all of us can enjoy. Absolutely. You know, it's always funny. There's, there's two people. There's the people that say, there's four of you that work all year to do this festival. And then there's people that go, there's only four of you that work all year to do this festival. So, you know, so yes, I do work year round. Yes, this is my full-time job. Um, so, you know, really the, the planning for 2023 starts now. We're already booking lineup for next year, looking at logistics and really, you know, playing out what that, what our lineup and strategy is going to be for next year. 
And uh, so, so if we want to fast forward to what fall would be, um, which is where our season really begins. So, you know, getting lineup released, getting all our publicity materials in place, um, getting rights to advertise, doing recaps of what we did the year before. And then, you know, in reality, we announce that lineup and go on sale typically mid-October, early November. And then it starts with social media strategies, marketing strategies, what we're going to do different logistically on the grounds. Um, this year we bought some new land, so that a lot of our time was spent researching and working with that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then, you know, as we move through the year, it's it's getting wristbands bought, it's getting seats placed, um, writing marketing plans, doing our graphic design, getting our signage designed. It, it, it really is a constant. Um, some days are way busier than others. You know, as you can imagine, this time of year in June and July, it's it's a lot. I don't leave early very often this time of year. But yeah, we, we're rolling. We're rolling 52 weeks a year. So I'm going to mention a word that will make us all cringe a little bit, but I'm just going to ask it up front. So now that we're kind of maybe hopefully post-COVID mm -hmm, or it's only mm -hmm. area, what is different about the the fest now than what had been first? I mean, certainly we're, we're, we're much different than last year, but are there still some hangover residual items that you had to or kept in, in force because of COVID? You know, what's really interesting about that, and, and I say this, um, I say this because it's true, Country Jam 2021 took place the four weeks it was safe to gather in mass last year. And and if you think about it, you know, everything was third quarter, third quarter, third quarter. Everything's going to be great in third quarter. We're all going to have an opportunity to be vaccinated. Um, we should have flattened the curve by then. And so by July 1st, really earth opened again. And um, the mask mandates were gone. And people were really, anyone that wanted to be fully vaccinated absolutely had the opportunity to be. And so as we moved into 2021, there was just a lot of like, we think we're going to be okay. And um, so so it was great. You know, artists really didn't have any COVID protocol backstage because they all had their vaccines. And so we, you know, it just felt like everything was fine. And then about three days after the festival is over, somebody's like, what's a Delta variant? So, I mean, literally days after our festivals when Delta came. And so then it really, it really shifted all of our thinking back to, okay, vaccination doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to get COVID. And so what does this, what does this next phase look like? So last year, really, we were able to have a business as usual event in July because in July there was this really interesting sense of security from everyone. So um, as, as we kind of round the year again, you know, we've gone through variants, we've gone through upticks, we've gone through outbreaks. And, you know, now we're back to a point where COVID is still alive and well in our community. We all know that. Um, but um, the precautions that we need to take really, really lie on the individual. So, you know, and, and, you know, we kind of have this philosophy, you do you, boo. So if, if you want to wear a mask, go for it. If you want to wash your hands 200 times a day, go for it. We have that opportunity for you. Carry your hand sanitizer with you. Do what's comfortable for you. Um, and, and that's really where we're at with it. It's kind of like the airlines. Like if you want to wear your mask on a plane, go for it. If you don't, that's okay as well. Um, so where we are today is, you know, you adjust your, what you do at, places, be it a grocery store or a music festival, to what your comfort level is. 
So let's go off the dark and into the light. What are you most excited about for this year's fest? You know, I'll tell you, uh, last year was, and I was just telling someone this, last year was magical. You know, we had been, for a couple reasons, it was my first year back in the game, really in 10 years, because I planned a festival in 2020 and had to cancel it. And then, so 2021 was my first year. The weather was perfect. Um, We all thought we were in the clear, so everyone was hugging and so happy to see each other, and there was no more social distancing, and let me see your smile. And so um, last year was magical, and I'm just looking forward to continuing that magic this year and hoping that that feeling will carry over for everyone. You know, there is nothing better than a hot summer night, live music, that little breeze that comes off the river. You know, it's it's a feeling, and, and I mean, you could almost taste it. It's awesome. So I'm just ready to see everyone back together. So of, of an audience for Country Jam, any idea of how many folks are uh, repeat visitors mm-hmm. as opposed to how many are, are, are brand new? Yeah, so about 60% of our guests have been with us in the last three years. And uh, 40% might be new to us or new again. And about a third of our guests stay in hotel. About a third are local that they'll drive home at the end of the night and a third will stay with us in our campground. So we're a little bit more urban of a festival than a lot of music festivals are. In, and by that, I mean, you know, we have shuttles to and from hotels that are three miles away. Right. So um, we do fill every hotel. There isn't a room to be found jam weekend. Um, we have a beautiful campground you can camp in. And a lot of people just love going home at the end of the night. It's a home game for a lot of us locals, which is really nice. You know, I was up in Minneapolis at a concert Saturday night. And, the you know, pulling in the driveway at 1 in the morning was tough. I don't stay up that late anymore. So how far do you draw from? So you have folks coming from hotels. Are, are, mm-hmm. Is it... 50 miles, 100 miles, 500 miles, any idea? You know, about 120 miles, really. 120 to 150 miles is our core radius. You know, we have people come from Colorado. I mean, we have people come from all over the country. But really, you know, if you were to draw a 150-mile radius around us to enclose, you know, to take in Duluth, the greater Twin Cities, Rochester, all the way down to Madison-ish, and then over, you know, kind of just past Wausau, Stevens Point. So that's kind of that circle that that we fit in. Um for who we draw the majority of our customers from. Now, uh, and I hate to say COVID again, mm-hmm. but I know it was difficult. Some some music festivals didn't survive. Correct. Uh, why that's important and why I'm not bringing that up because I know routing of bands is a big deal. You can't just, it, it's rare that an artist will simply move from a, a, a gig in Florida, come up here and then go to California. They try to, mm-hmm. they have their own travel costs and they try to move things mm-hmm. in, in a circle. Has the... Um, I guess, uh, reduction in the number of festivals out there made talent searches more difficult? Not in my world. Um, I didn't lose any of my routing partners. Um, So everyone that I've routed with um, has stayed in the game and been able to survive. Um, Last year, one of the differences was that Canada wasn't open. So we do route with a Canadian festival. Um, So not being able to route in the crossing of the border was tough. Um, uh, And we actually had an act that we lost who said, no, I'm going to play Canada in 2021 instead. And I thought, huh, how'd that work out for you? (laughs) (laughs) 
bet you wish you were in Eau Claire tonight. <laughs> um, so um, we did okay when it came to that. But yeah, a lot of the smaller festivals really didn't survive. And, you know, there was a um, the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant, not to get too in the weeds on this, but, um, you know, Jason John Anderson um, here in Eau Claire Public Center was very involved in that organization and getting the Save Our Stages grant through. And that really helped a lot of us really bridge the gap between those years and again we are fortunate that we were those four weeks that things happened without fear in 2021 um so so we were able to really have a fully functioning fully open festival no one before us and really after us everyone was making adjustments in those spaces but in july it was like hey let's do this so well from my perspective there are kind of two sides to the business part of the business is just the i won't say the mundane but i mean you have to make sure you have so many porta potties. Yes. You've got to make sure there's so many chairs. I mean, just the the minutia of hosting a crowd of twenty five or thirty thousand people, which is a huge undertaking in and of itself. And then you've got this side that I think most people are are most excited about is actually dealing with it and working with the talent itself. Mm -hmm. So, what is your role at each one of those sites? So, really overseeing all of it. Um, so I used to laugh that I wasn't in charge of things that start with P when I worked at Country Jam before, which was potties, parking, power, plumbing, police, um, paramedics, like things that started with P were not in my wheelhouse. Now they are. So, um, but we, you know, we have this amazing group of individuals in our community that come and help for the festival that have very, they're very successful in their day-to-day -day lives, but then they become this alter ego during jam. And, um, you know, I have nurses that run personnel. I have, um, teachers that run the bars. I have a banker that runs all of my gates and, you know, they, they come in and they just get to really be this different person for three days and they love it. Um, so, so having all of those people in the right seats on the bus is super important. So my role now is really to just make sure that everybody that is on the bus has a playbook for what they're doing. Um, and then understanding when do I need to be brought in and when can you handle it yourself? Um, so really empowering them to do great things. Um, but I need to write the playbook of everything that I've promised to be at sponsors or guests or whomever I, I answer to, to make sure that all those I's are dotted and T's are crossed. So during jam itself, are you able to any time sit back and enjoy the music or are you just go time for you and your phone is blazing and you're here, there and everywhere? It's go time. It really is. And, you know, I always say last year I watched like 35 seconds of Old Dominion. I thought these guys are really good. Um, so, you know, really, I, I really don't have time to go and, and watch anything. And honestly, I, it, there's too much anxiety happening to even be able to do that for me. So, you know, moving, like if, if somebody's up on stage, like I'll go back and check on what the bars look like because I can't get to them when someone's off stage. And so for me, it's more of anxiety-based What that I can't just stop and, and smell the roses. So, so we do that on our off time. So we try and go to other music festivals when it, you know, as a learning experience, but also to be able to just enjoy some music as well. Um, so we, I was fortunate last year, I was on kind of the tour to music festival. So I went to a lot of festivals, um, this year to just learn and see what's changed in the business and what we can do differently at our new space. Um, so we try and enjoy it, uh, not during our festival. So, so trying to put together a lineup then, how much of that is, do you have input? You know, you talked about routing mm -hmm. and so, I mean, obviously, who's on the route, you know, it's, they, they have to be performing. Mm -hmm. You know, the band has got to be together. 
Uh, everyone's got to be healthy, you know, whatever. So, so even there's a, there's a limited universe of folks you can choose from to begin with. And then they've got to be on tour. And then they've got to be ar- around this area. All that being said, do you pretty much say, here's what's coming through. Here's, here's the folks you can choose from. Is this pretty much the package that it's going to be? Or can you say, geez, these folks really do well here. We'd love to have them back. We'd like to have her back. Or how does that work? It's a little bit of both. So the process really starts with who's looking, at, who's looking for festival work. And so they're, because now artists, because they're playing stadiums and, and larger indoor arenas, they'll have a different tour. So their lighting is built differently. Their sets are built different for indoor versus outdoor. So, so for example, one of the artists that we looked at for 23 is going to play only stadiums. So he, we're out. He's playing U.S. Bank Stadium at some point in 23. Um, so if they're on a stadium tour, they often won't play a festival because their show looks and feels different. They didn't rehearse for a festival show. They've rehearsed for a stadium tour. You can do it, but I can tell you it's awkward. You know, I saw someone who was on a stadium tour a couple years ago play a festival, and he's one of my favorite acts everywhere, and I thought, he was terrible. Well, yeah, it's a square peg round hole. It wasn't what he was on the road to do that year. So first, who's looking at festivals? Um, and then really what's become interesting is these, you know, massive tours where, you know, like Kenny Chesney this year has Old Dominion. He's got four or five people on his tour with him. Well, that just took five people out of the game for me. So right now, like we have a couple of our headliners already booked for 23. So now we're trying to fill in behind it. But those ones that are filling in behind it are sitting like little puppies at the window going, maybe, maybe, maybe Kenny Chesney will ask me to go on tour with them next year. So they don't want to confirm me because what if they get this opportunity to go with Kenny Chesney or with Luke Combs or whomever that might be. So, you know, it, it, that really has become an interesting dynamic is who's getting picked up on what tour. And that really isn't determined until fall because a lot of these guys are just starting their touring season right now. And we're like, hey, what are you doing next summer? So, you know, something that's very different from when I worked in the festival in the, in the mid-2000s and the mid, you know, up to 2012 was we didn't book lineup till fall. You might get one major act. And now what's different is everybody wants everything now. And it just doesn't work like that anymore. There's so much strategy that goes into the business. Um, like we made an offer for an artist and they're going to rest the market next year. Like, what does that mean? Like, you're going to rest it? You haven't been on tour in three years. Why do you need to rest it next year? So, you know, but there's there's somebody on the business side of their business that's saying. I, I didn't realize I was tired. I know. <laughs> like, how can you be tired? You've had three years off. So, um, but but again, it's it's a huge strategy for them and, and how they're doing things as well. So, um, yeah, that whole thing, it's just a big puzzle. And then you have to decide there's some egos involved. Like some people won't play in front of somebody else and they're fighting over who's going to be the headliner or they just don't like each other. So we'll, we'll pivot now to probably the, the, the fun part of the show mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, uh, some of the talent, some of the personalities, uh, some stories you might have. Uh, first of all, your favorite moment at Jam. Oh boy, this is tough. Um, this is tough. I have a couple. Um, when I came back in 2019 to help um, get them through the summer with no intentions of staying, um, Keith Urban was just finishing his set. It was Saturday night. It had rained all day. It was a miserable, miserable day in production. It was super stressful. And I was plowing through the back of VIP. And I ran into my kid, who at the time was 11. And he goes, Mom, this is so cool. And I looked at him and our agent was standing there and he goes, would you stop and smell the roses for just two minutes? 
And I turned around and just at that point, Keith Urban threw these confetti cannons and the, and the whole crowd was screaming and it was super humid. And my kid just had these big eyes and it was like, there was this moment of time I'll never forget. And I thought, oh, not so I'm going to need to do this for the rest of my life because now my kid is hooked and, um, and I realized that I just love it. So that's one of my favorite moments. Um, when I first started with the festival, um, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill's first kiss was on our stage. And I remember walking and all of a sudden the crowd lost its ever loving mind. And I was like, what is happening? And I turn around and there they are. I mean, it is happening on my stage. And I'm like, are they kissing? And it was the front page of People Magazine the next week. And I just remember thinking, holy cow. And everyone was just looking at each other like, what is going on up there right now? So um, that's kind of one of our famous stories, you know, that happened at the festival. And so there's some really cool things that my dad came one year. My dad's been gone now about 12 years, but he flew up um, to see Willie Nelson. And to, you know, to be able to put my dad in the front row and stand him on stage and be like, here, do you want to watch Willie from here? He's like, am I sitting on stage with Willie Nelson? I'm like, you sure are. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, so that's really cool. Now, you do such a great job, and your staff does such a great job that on the stage it looks like it—you know—it's—it's it, it's orchestrated very well, and things work work like clockwork. And this group comes on, and the equipment comes on, and da 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 da. Give me a story about what was the hairiest thing behind the stage that people weren't aware of, but you pulled it off as though it was—you know—like you knew it all along. You know, we've had a lot of those. <laughs> you know, we always say plan A is funny. Plan B better be solid. Plan C better be really good, but you better know plan D really, really well. Um, I think probably one of the craziest nights we had, it was actually my last night working for the festival before I retired from the business the first time. And we had Zach Brown Band and we had, it was weather all day. I mean, all day. It was storm, sun, storm, sun. It was like one of those days where you just, you knew the next thunderstorm was brewing and the National Weather Service is in one trailer and emergency management is in the other. And we're like, we got a gazillion dollars worth of talent we want to get on the stage. Because P.S., if they get rained out, they still leave with their full paycheck. So they still get paid if they don't play. Like, so we want them to play, and and low cash was supposed to play that day. And they called us in the morning. Their bus broke down, so they rented a car, and then or they rented a van, and they got as far as Madison, and the van broke down. So they chartered a plane, and they flew to Eau Claire, and we picked them at the airport, and they get to the festival site, and they get out of their van, and they're looking at me, and Preston looks at me, and goes, "Why are you wearing rain gear?" I'm like, "We got problems." And so it was one of those days where we just couldn't figure out how we were going to get everybody in. And we put Zach on early, which is crazy because people aren't there yet. But and then we just really wanted low cash to play. And but the, but the, it wasn't going to work in Zach Brown's schedule to be able to be any more flexible than he was. And he goes, well, why don't they just play after us? I'm like, nobody gets to play after the headliner because then they're the headliner. He's like, I don't care. So low cash still to this day talks about the the, the year that Zach Brown opened for them. Oh. Um, so that was a day that I'll never forget. And it was my last day. So, I mean, legitimately at like 1.15 in the morning, because as soon as low cash got done, we got just pummeled by a storm. And I remember taking everything wet off at like 1.15 in the morning. And I looked at my husband and I said, I can't wait to sit in an office 52 weeks a year <laughs> and not have to worry about anything else. So. Well, there's also, and I have to make sure we have enough time for the, the, the future. Mm -hmm. 
and there's um, a lot of uh, press about uh, the potential purchase of, of land and uh, the potential relocation of, of jam. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I can, I can. I want to talk about a couple, one thing before I do that, because I think it's really important for people to understand um, Wisconsin is really spoiled. Um, we have major music festivals like every 35 miles. And what makes us so unique is that the majority, I think I can only think of one that's owned um, by a publicly held company. All of the music festivals in Wisconsin are so privately owned by local individuals. Is it like Alpine Valley or who's owned uh, it's the... oh, Alpine Valley is managed by Live Nation, but Country okay. Thunder, which is down by Lake Geneva, is owned by oh, Live Nation okay. as well. But Country Fest, Hodag, um, Country on the River, Country Boom, Us, you know, there's, there's a lot of amazing music festivals. And somehow we're still able to do this in this fighting the 800-pound gorilla of Live Nation and AEG that own tours and own artists. And, you know, we're just kind of like, hey, do you want to play in Eau Claire? So, you know, I want to give hats off to the folks in Cadott and the folks in Rhinelander that, you know, we're still doing this locally. You know, we don't have, you know, stock sale that can help us get through tough times. And so, you know, as, as we look at who we are as a festival, you know, we have a couple core values. And one is that we're unapologetically Midwestern. We don't pretend to be Nashville. We don't speak y'all. We don't eat grits. You know, we're unapologetically Midwestern. Um, we're personally invested in your experience. And this became really, really um, evident to us when our, our festival in Colorado was bought by Live Nation. And, you know, during COVID and when things were happening, they just weren't communicating with people. And people were calling our office and like, do you know anything about it? I'm like, no, we sold that festival years ago. And they're like, but what are we going to do? So... You know, when you call us or you call one of our other music festivals, we answer the phone. Like, you know us. You see us in the grocery store. So that's really cool. Um, and, and, you know, the last thing I talk about, that that moment in time with my kid, you know, and, and, and at Jam, we really do create moments in time. Like, everybody has their Jam story. Like, I met my wife there. I hear that a ton. I met my spouse there. Or I decided I didn't want to date this person anymore. Or, you know, I made a decision about my life. Or I met the best friend in the world. Or it's the one time a year I get together with my girlfriends. There are moments in time, and we love that. And we love everybody's jam story. So, you know, as we look at our future, you know, we did uh, last uh, January purchase 160 acres um, out on the west side of town um, on Highway T, uh, just annexed into the city of Eau Claire a couple weeks ago, and are in the process of uh, working with the city to get all of our agreements and um, permits and permission to do our music festival there uh, starting in 2023. And, uh, that's kind of crazy. So all of our camping and everything will be in the same space. Um, you know, right now our campground's a mile up the road, which is, if you camp with us, you love that because it, it creates a whole different experience. But if you've never camped with us, you're like, I don't want to take a bus to the campground. I'm like, have you been on one of the buses? It's the most fun you'll have at the festival. So yeah, so we're in the process of getting that developed and uh, getting everything buttoned up for that new site, uh, knock on wood in 2023. Yeah, and I know it's, everything isn't finalized yet, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that will be a both a logistic challenge, but then also what a wonderful opportunity to take literally almost a blank piece of paper and say, you know, you're, you're not, you don't have the river here or the hill here, and how can we lay it? So it's like, no, no, 
here's how it should be and here's where this where's the sun and how can we yes. align things so we don't have you know we're right now you know the site's beautiful i mean mm-hmm. the, the the river location is great and in how the you know you've got a campsite in 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 a wooded area which you know feels like you're actually in a real campground mm-hmm. um you know which of course this is going to ha- will be new mm-hmm. um but it also there's also lots of limitations right. lots of walking limited parking you know the, the the need to transport people here there and everywhere else so i think this the excitement of just being able to take literally a blank sheet of paper in this case you know flat ground and then be able to create how it should be that's got to be exciting yeah and exciting things as far as what we can do with the site the rest of the year you know, we're not going to have music festivals every weekend, but, you know, we've got some things planning that will keep us busy year-round. Um, and, you know, we'll be able to talk a little bit about more about that um, in the next couple weeks, but we're really excited about it, and it's going to be a great addition to our community. You know, I think that's the really cool part about it is that the things that we're building are going to serve um, people that live in our community, but also help drive tourism and um, be able to take advantage of some of the groups that want to come to Eau Claire that haven't had enough space to do that in the past. So, I work a ton with Visit Eau Claire, and we've identified a lot of needs that we have, and so we're really focusing on how to fulfill those as well, um, and really use that as a development corridor as you know as Highway T continues to um, become really a gateway to Eau Claire. Um, we're just looking forward to being a part of that. Well, Kathy, just as we wrap up here, if you haven't gotten your tickets left, what's available? If I haven't decided yet, I want to come, but maybe on the edge. How do they get? involved and uh, where do they find tickets yeah. and what's available yeah so tickets are countryjamwi.com or you can you know we're local you can stop by your office and have a conversation with us about it or you can call us um, but we have general mission reserved and vip and um, you know we we like to think we have the best vip out there our vip is amazing um, and uh, general mission is just as fun we've got the jumbotrons and you know some acts that are really going to blow your mind this year if you if you've uh, i've never seen cody johnson but he's the one i'm probably most excited to see um, he is going to blow your mind. There's somebody everybody talks about Monday morning. Last year it was Chris Jansen. This year it's going to be Cody Johnson. I guarantee it. Um, Jimmy Allen's going to be amazing. We saw him uh, down in Fort Lauderdale a couple months ago, and he was awesome. Uh, Little Big Town is always a treat. There's a lot going on um, this year that I can't wait for our guests to enjoy. Well, Kathy, thank you so very much. We've been talking with Kathy Wright from Country, Country Jam USA and looking forward to this year's edition of Jam. Uh, thank you very much. You've been listening to Banker with the Beer. Have a great day. Cheers.